If we don't do it this way, our marriages will not work well. It will not be a good thing. And that's why many times marriages don't stay together. Because the husband and wife are not understanding and fulfilling their roles as God wants them to. Welcome to You and Me and Jesus, a Christian marriage podcast. Well, hello, friends. Good to have you back with us again. This is Carrie. And this is Mindy. We're glad to be here with you. Yep, we're here to do the You and Me and Jesus podcast again. And today we want to talk about the roles of husband and wife in a marriage relationship. And we got to start somewhere. So we're going to start with just some general things about roles in particular and what they are and what they aren't. But then we're going to get into talking about the man's role in the relationship. But let's start out just by thinking about roles in general. You know, each of us plays a variety of roles every day in our lives. Now, some of those roles are based on the relationships we're in. You're a mother, you're a father. That's a role because you're in a certain relationship with children who have been born in your home. Some of our roles are based on positions that we've been given. Some are based on talents or skills. And so if you think about it, you know, there's all kinds of names that could be given for these various roles. President, manager, brother, friend, guitarist, drummer, you know, things like that. Those are all roles in specific environments. And of course, the list could go on and on. The reason roles are important is because they're part of the way that groups and relationships are organized. It's the way that we function. And without them being clearly defined, we lack clarity and sometimes we lack purpose. Yeah, I think if they're a business office where there's not a manager and there's not a secretary. So when the phone rings, who's supposed to answer the phone? Yeah. You know, so having roles is just a very practical, good thing in life. And our idea of having roles has not come from us. It's come from the Lord. He is the one who has perfect wisdom in how to order the world and order our lives. So he's the one we need to be listening to. Yeah, and he really started that process of assigning roles back in the Garden of Eden, back when Adam and Eve were first created. And we're going to get into some of the scriptures that point that out to us here in just a minute. But let me just give you a quick heads up about this episode. It's going to be a bit more heavy on teaching today, simply because there are some key scriptures that we have to understand in order to lay the groundwork. And we got to lay it carefully and we got to lay it clearly because there's a lot of confusion about these kind of things. So a quick reminder is that what the Bible says regarding our roles goes. In our culture today, there are many ideas of the role relationship in a marriage. So we just want to go back to the basics. We want you as man and woman, husband and wife, to be able to see things clearly. And let's not bring up all of your past experience. Let's not bring up what you've heard people say. Let's not bring up what you might even be doing in your own home. Let's start at the beginning of what God says, and that will help us to have clarity of where we should be going with our roles. Absolutely. Yeah, we've learned over time that it makes sense to value God's opinion about the things he's established more than anything else, more than what our culture will say, more even than what our own parents might say, because he's the one who made the world that we live in. 
to work in the way that it does. And so if he's going to tell us certain things need to be ordered in a certain way, it's because it's the best way for it to be. I mean, you think about all the orderly things he's created, gravity, the water cycle, the orbit of the planets in the solar system. I mean, all those things function in some cases with clockwork kind of precision. And if it didn't function in that way, we would have disastrous results. Well, the same thing can happen in the roles that we are in as human beings. If we arrange our relationship as husband and wife in a way that's outside the parameters God's laid down, it's not going to function the way that it should. And just a little encouragement, if God has created roles for us as man and woman, husband and wife, then he is ready to help us to fulfill those roles. That's right. So as we go into this, let's remember that if anything seems hard to you as a husband or a wife, God is right there saying, I'm ready to help you. I just want you to be willing and ready to obey me. That's right. So we're urging you, I guess, to listen to what the Bible says with an open heart and with an open mind. Really let the Holy Spirit teach you. And if you feel things like fear or pride or anxiety rising up as you hear descriptions of one or other of the roles that we're going to discuss, please submit those to the Lord for His Spirit to examine those and help you determine what's going on inside of me. Why am I feeling all of this kind of tension? It could be that you're experiencing the things that you are because of your background or because of some incorrect ideas you have about men or women or a host of other things. But God's Word is going to serve us as an anchor a source of stability when it comes to the questions we have about life and about our relationship as husband and wife. So let's commit together as we start to take what God says at face value and to work to understand it very clearly. So let's go on and talk about what the Bible says about the roles of the husband and the wife. Yeah, and there are some things that apply to both husband and wife. The first thing is that neither the husband nor the wife are appointed to the role that they are because of things like skill or education or intelligence. Or even desire. Yeah, or even desire. The roles they are appointed to are those roles for each one of them because they, as individuals, were designed by God to function best in those roles. So I think we all have to admit men and women are different. We're wired differently. We have different strengths. We have different weaknesses. We have different perspectives on the world. And those are design features. They're not flaws. Those are things God built into the equation, and He's placed us each in roles to fulfill what that role is to the best of our ability because we're wired for it. And yet again, if there's times when we don't feel like we do very well in our role, that's where we need to depend on the Lord. Help me to fulfill my role the way you want me to. So it doesn't matter if we feel like we are capable to fulfilling our role as wife or husband It doesn't matter what we feel. It matters that God is there and he's going to live through us to do our best in that role. That's right. And when we make that effort and when we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to max out that role, it's not only going to bless us and our home, it's going to bless all of those around us. Because again, we're functioning in the way God is designed for us to function and optimal results come out of that. So let's move on, talk about the role of the husband. Primarily, I think the easiest way to say this is that the husband's been appointed by God to take the role of leader in the marriage relationship. And we can see this truth described in the pages of Scripture. Let's look first at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23. Mindy, could you read this for us? 
Yes, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. There is a similar passage in 1 Corinthians 11.3. It says, I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of a wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. Now, the way the word head is used in both of these passages is the same way that we often use the word in our own culture. We'll say things like head coach or the guy who's the head of the company. And what does that mean? He's the leader. He's the one that everyone follows. Makes the big decisions, perhaps, as a way to think about that. He's in charge, yeah. Yeah, okay. The first verse that we just read in Ephesians 5 makes this clear by way of comparison. It says, the husband's the head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church. I mean, there's no question Christ is the leader of the church, right? We all know that. And so by comparison, he's saying in the same way, the husband is the leader in the marriage relationship. We shouldn't have any trouble understanding that that's what he means. Now, I think it's important here for just a moment to take a little side detour to talk about a principle of good biblical interpretation. When we have a passage that's comparing two things like this one is, we need to be careful that we focus on the main things that the author is pointing out by the comparison. In this case, that's that as Christ is a leader, so the man is a leader. He doesn't go into a lot of detail about the specifics of what that means. So we would be wrong to say, as Christ is spiritually superior to the church, therefore the man is spiritually superior to the wife. I mean, we can't go there because Paul doesn't say that. He's just making a point about leadership. And so we just need to be very clear that this comparison is about leadership, and that's all it's about. About the headship. The headship. Yes, exactly. So have couples had a hard time with this truth? Yeah, they have. And not only couples, but some of the New Testament scholars have a problem with this. And I think it comes from a cultural sort of a sense, you know, that in our culture, well, that sounds too chauvinistic. That sounds too domineering and oppressive. So it can't be that, you know, and we, we start questioning the word of God rather than letting the word of God teach us what it really means. One of the objections that comes from the New Testament scholars, they'll argue that this Greek word for head, which is used in both of these passages, so the word kephale is what it is, doesn't mean authority and it doesn't mean leader. They'll say instead it means source, like, you know, the headwaters of a river. Now, the problem with that argument is that's simply not being honest with the facts about the text. Thus far, in the study of ancient Greek literature, and we're always discovering more things as we discover literature, there have been 2,336 instances of the Greek word kephale being used in documents, including the Bible and outside of the Bible. Out of those, only one of them convincingly means source, and it is talking about the head or the source of a river in that context. So, This is not talking about human relationships in that instance. All the rest of those times, it is talking about a relationship of some sort, and it is referring to some sort of leadership or authority. So if you hear someone saying, well, that's not what the word head means, they're just simply either ignorant or they're not being honest with what the text really says. When Paul said that the husband is to be the head of the wife, it's a certainty from the Greek text that he meant to teach that the man is given a leadership role in the relationship. And many times when something that God has commanded that is good goes wrong because of man's sinful nature, then we say, oh, that the husband shouldn't be the head because he is 
abusing his wife. He is domineering. He is not caring for her. And so therefore we change the rule of scripture just because us humans here on earth are messing up the instruction that God has given us. And that's backwards. Yeah. I think in the old days they would say that's throwing the baby out with the bathwater. That's exactly what it's doing. You're trying to get rid of the bad thing in this illustration, the bathwater, by throwing out the baby, the one that got it dirty. I mean, that's not the point. The point is you need to prevent the bad behavior and stick to the principle that God's word is taught. And every time if we go back to the very simple beginning of the command that husbands should be the head like Christ is the head, then that solves the problem. Yeah. The husband wouldn't be domineering. He wouldn't be controlling and mean and abusive because Jesus is not that way. That's right. That's exactly right. You know, there's another misleading objection that this reminds me of. Many of the same people who wrongly insist that kephale means source rather than head will also say, well, way back in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve were created, God didn't create them to function under male leadership. That came about after the fall is what their argument is, and that it's an outcome of sin. But is that true? Well, let's go back and look at Genesis 3, verses 6 and verse 9. These are the two verses where we see this addressed. You want to read verse 6 for us? It says, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Okay, so that's pre-fall. I mean, actually, this is mid-fall. This is as the fall is happening right here, okay? And then in verse 9, it says, But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? So after Eve's the one who did the initial sin, God calls the man to account. Why would he do that if the man's not the one responsible? That seems a little unfair, doesn't it? It does on the surface, yeah. Yeah, so from God's own attitude and response about what happened, it's pretty clear Adam's the one who was on the hook. And as we go on through the New Testament, we're going to see the Apostle Paul discusses the way that sin came into the world in these same terms. So this is New Testament teaching. In 1 Corinthians 15, 21 and 22, Paul says, For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. Now, if this doesn't mean Adam as the leader of the family, as the leader of the human race, was responsible for the entrance of sin into the world, then it makes no sense at all. Because Adam wasn't the one who sinned first. Yet, he's the one being held responsible. Again, it seems very unfair if it's not an issue of leadership. Of the leadership role. Yeah. Of the leader being responsible. Yeah, God is is treating him in the role that he is in, whether Adam fulfilled it very well or not. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Romans 5.12 says something very similar. It says, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sin. Again, he's pointing to the man. He's not pointing back to the woman. He's pointing to the man. So why would you say that these teachings are so important? There's two reasons. First off, cooperative relationships don't work well without clearly defined leadership. So in a husband-wife relationship, we need to know who the leader is. We need to know who God says the leader is. When we know that, then we can order our relationship rightly. And what that means, we'll dig into in some future episodes. But it's important for us just to get down the concept 
that the man's a leader in the relationship. But I think more importantly, it's simply because God arranged the marriage relationship this way to work the very best that it can. When he made men and women and placed them into relationship together, he did so in a way that would relate each of their unique natures to the other person in a complementary way. I mean, you and I fit together. We are complements. Back in Genesis, where God talks about making Eve, he says, I will make a helper fit for him. And that phrase fit for him means corresponding to him, complementary to him. And that's why we have these different roles. We're to complement one another. It becomes a beautiful, God-glorifying relationship. It's all for our good. There's nothing negative about it. It's kind of going back to what I said about the the office. If there's no secretary and there's only a bunch of people who are being the salesmen, well, if the calls come in and they want to buy something, they want a sale, no one's going to know because no one's answering the phone. I mean, it's ridiculous, a silly illustration, but that's the reality. So why is this important? Well, it's because our marriages will work best when we do it God's way. And in comparison... If we don't do it this way, our marriages will not work well. It will Mm. not be a good thing. And that's why many times marriages don't stay together because the husband and wife are not understanding and fulfilling their roles as God wants them to. So our assignments for this time around is we want to encourage you to ask God to align your heart and mind and even your desires with his on this issue of roles and make it an ongoing prayer especially if this is something that you are struggling with, you know you've had an issue with, just simply say, Lord, make my desires yours. Lead me to think the way you think about this. Show me areas in scripture that will help to encourage me to obey you in this. And that is such a powerful prayer just for everyday life. Yeah. You know, and we may think in this issue, it's more commonly going to be the woman who's kicking against the man being the leader. But it's not always the case. Sometimes the man doesn't want to be the leader. He wants to shirk that responsibility. He feels intimidated by it. He feels afraid of it. And man or woman, it doesn't matter. We need to align our hearts with God's way of thinking on these things and step into it by faith. Just like all the rest of life, we have to take by faith, trusting God to act. We have to do the same in this situation. Yes, that is so good. So the second assignment, Examine any feelings of resistance you may have to this idea. How does what you feel square with what the Bible says? That's kind of a second part to the first assignment. But just digging a little bit deeper. God wants us to examine what's in our hearts because that will help us to bring to the surface what could be causing issues in our behavior. So these are good things to be thinking about and praying about. Very good. Well, thanks, friends, for listening. There is a wealth of resources, not just this podcast, but others at morningmindsetmedia.com. You can also go there and ask questions that you want to have answered on this podcast. We would love to answer your questions. We sure would. I'll close us in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for these sweet men and women who you have brought to listen to this podcast and who you are working in their lives to have a Christ-centered loving marriage. We just ask, Father, that you will enable them through the power of your Holy Spirit to align their will with yours and to follow your commands in Scripture of how to be the husband and the wife that you have created them to be. In Jesus' name, amen. 
This podcast is a production of Morning Mindset Media. Find out how you can become a monthly partner to help us help you and others get their minds aligned with the truth of God's Word. You can also find out about our other podcasts at morningmindsetmedia.com. So are there any common objections? (laughs) How long you been talking? (laughs) So we know there are some couples that have struggled with this. What are some of the objections? What are some of the objections? (laughs) What are some of the arguments, people? (laughs) I don't like that word. It's complicated. What would you say, Carrie, are some of the misleading objections? <laughs> objections. Objections. Okay. So what would you say, Carrie, are some of the objections? But <laughs> what am I doing? Objections. Objections. So we know that some couples have had a struggle with this. So Carrie, what would you say some of the object <laughs> Some of the <laughs> You should you should this is good. <laughs> My idea was great. <laughs> yeah. It was great. So that <laughs> just can't pull it off. Yeah, that all goes away. You're not going to... No, we should go there. Anyways. What were you going to say? I was going to say something like, you're not going to get the sale.